the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Happy Friday Eve. Oh, thank you, Jesus, indeed. And I mean that. Yes, and I mean that sincerely. And thank you, Jesus, by the way, for this phenomenal weather we had in San Diego. It was mid to high 70s in San Diego. Breezy. If I wasn't busier than a cat covering it up today, I would have been down at the beach. But I wasn't able to because I had had lots to get done today. And I've been in the studio all day. You've been in the studio all day. So we'll, we'll get a little beach time maybe over the weekend. But there's too much breaking news happening everywhere, babies. We have we have to do our jobs, come in here every night, bring you great analysis, give you up to date of information and news that's happening everywhere. And so it's always an honor that you guys come here and share your time with us. 888-344-1170. The battle of last night's speeches. Uh, Tim Scott. Um, I just got a thumbs down from a man in the booth, but I don't know. That oh, not he, for Tim Scott. Not that for was, that was for Biden. Sorry. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the battle of the, the battle of the bands, the battle of the speeches last night. And I would love to hear from you guys. Did Tim Scott, like a lot of people thought, did he knock it out of the park for you guys? Did you think it was a swing and maybe could have been a home run, but he got a single? Y'all know I don't. Can I stop with the baseball analogies? Because y'all know I hate to leave that to me (laughs) because y'all know I'm not a baseball fan, but it's baseball season. So I'm trying to throw you guys a little baseball bone out there. I would love to hear from you guys. Any any perspective you have on the speeches, 888-344-1170. My man, Brian Maloney, I reached out to him from Red Wave America because he always provides not just phenomenal political analysis, but he's also a longtime media guy. So he's going to give us a media perspective of what's going on and the result today because it was unbelievably nasty, the response to Tim Scott. So we've got lots to get into tonight. Before we do, I got to bring in the man. You already heard his voice. Now you get to hear a little bit more of him. It's DJ Potato Skins. I think they might have left DJ Potato Skins off the manifesto, but it'll be back. Winning, winning, winning. And I really have to tell you, Andrew, I'm really sad that President, former President Trump is off the manifesto because listening to that Biden speech last night, even in queue while you didn't have to, was dreadfully painful. It was like an ice pick in my temple. Yeah, it was. And some people are speculating today. We're going to get into that a little bit more with Brian Maloney coming up and throughout the show. But some people are speculating that he was intentionally boring because he didn't really want. Well, hear me out, Skins. Hear, hear, okay. hear this theory out. Because I see you giving me side eye. Like, I am. Like, what the, the eye huh? sideways. Like, what the huh? Some people are speculating that it was intentionally boring so you would tr- change the channel. In other words, to try to bore you away from understanding the details of the 
unbelievably bad, if not horrific, Marxist plan that this administration has in store for you. Hey, and Chris Wallace approves of the speech, though. I want to point that out. <laughs> of course. He's still sipping of champagne. Course, of course he does. Of course he does. Because that's Chris Wallace. Right? Yeah, I did it. Because I'm tired. It's been a long day. <laughs> that made right. my day, AK. But, but I actually think, you know, and, and was he trying to deflect and, and bore people like Ted Cruz falling asleep? Could be. Um, what, what else I think could have been strategy was, was it a coincidence that on the same day of the Biden speech that there was a raid of former President Trump's uh, right hand man throughout much of, throughout most of his administration as well as through the election of course that's Rudy Giuliani I say no I say it's not a coincidence I don't think it's a coincidence either just like it's not a coincidence that they decided to, to pull the troops from Afghanistan instead of doing it in May when Trump wanted to do it they chose the anniversary of 9-11 dates and symbolism for the left they love it absolutely they love it it to me the sense the this this the message here is this is like this is like um to the message was not just to Rudy Giuliani. The message was not just to Trump. The message was to all Trump voters out there. It's like every Trump voter got a dead fish delivered to our door by Don Vito Corleone. They're coming for us. We're dead. We're dead meat. This is about piercing. This is going after Trump's right hand man, his attorney. And oh, by the way, they also went to Victoria Tonzik and Joe, Joe DeGeneva. I haven't heard that much of the news. But um, now, um, uh, clearly, this is a message. This is a message to all of us. They are not just because yesterday the symbolism for me, I think, was that there's Biden basically saying, I'm, I'm the dude now. I'm officially, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm celebrating my hundred days. I'm laying out my plan for the future. And anybody who was a part of anything that had to do with that last administration is going down. Yeah, and the fact that they doubled down. You thought it was going away. No, they doubled down on the January 6th event saying it's the worst threat on democracy since the Civil War. Uh, exactly. He went on to talk about national security and said that the biggest threat that we face in this country to the, na- the greatest national security threat is white supremacy. They are not going to stop until they get they come after every Trump supporter in a variety of different ways to punish us. Giuliani has, has said today that uh, they all they got out of him was exculpatory evidence. I don't think they went there thinking that they were going to get any evidence of a crime. If they would, if they were looking for evidence of a crime, they would have actually taken Hunter's laptop, which had evidence of crimes reportedly involving not just evidence of graft, not just evidence of the use of of the vice presidency to uh, cook up deals around the world. There's also supposedly photo evidence of Hunter Biden. Uh, and I haven't seen this, so I'm going to use the word allegedly uh, in sexual activities with underage children. And the FBI left the laptop there. They want nothing to do with that laptop. They want nothing to do with that laptop. The FBI and the DOJ, if you didn't get it before, the FBI and the DOJ are now operatives for the Democrat Party. Their whole purpose is to cover up the crimes of Democrats and to persecute and and, and prosecute conservatives who that they feel are either in the way of their agenda or they can further their agenda by prosecuting the individual. What I think they're going after for Giuliani is to try to get him on a process crime. That's how they got Roger Stone. That's how they got Michael Flynn. Um, when, um, oh gosh, what's her name? The national security gal. 
with the dark hair, K- uh, KT McFarlane. They tried to go after her. They tried to get her. They're going to try to get him to flip. They're going to try to catch him in process crime, uh, crime and, and a lie. KT Mc- McFarlane laid out that this, that's what they tried to get her on. They tried to get her to catch her in a lie. They tried to get her to flip on Trump. That's what they're going to try to do with Giuliani. Um, another... Uh, and Michael Cohen, if you can remember the guy that they took down, um, that was Trump's attorney at one point, they sure. successfully got him, went after him for stuff to do with his cab business years ago, his medallions, because they're looking, they're, they're looking for anything. If they can, if they can find that Rudy Giuliani wrote off a latte at one point on his taxes, they'll take him down for the latte. They're taking him down for the latte. Okay. So Michael Cohen was taken down, not for anything that had to do with Trump before his, his, his ca- uh, ca- taxi business his medallions or whatever whatever they call it um he came out today did an interview and said that he predicts that giuliani will flip they're put that that's they're already pushing that out there because they want that to get out there because they want to get that message to giuliani i don't think giuliani will flip on trump no i think out of if you were to take a handful of people andrea that are loyal to the core to trump giuliani is one of them yeah. Um, another reason why they did this story now is because there was breaking news coming out of New York City with Andrew Cuomo. There's more evidence and proof that his team uh, cooked the books to hide the number of nursing home deaths. And you have to ask yourself, and I was on Newsmax this morning, I was asked about it, and I said, I was asked why the media wasn't covering this story about Cuomo. And I said, well, it's not just about Cuomo. This is a national story. The media is not going to cover cover this this Cuomo story about nursing home deaths because then not just because he's their boy. Right. Because then they would have to report on all the intentional. Yeah, I use the word intentional nursing home deaths that have happened across this country in Democrat controlled states, not in Republican controlled states in Democrat controlled states. You have to ask yourself why Democrat governors told you as a healthy person, you could not visit a healthy loved one in a nursing home, but they intentionally sent sick with COVID senior citizens, the highest risk group into nursing homes to die. Andrea, I, I'm not sure which is why I'm asking you. Didn't that same thing happen in California? Yes, it happened in California. In fact, it happened so much across the country that a one third of all COVID deaths were nursing home deaths. Now, what a convenient way to keep to keep the death count high, the mortality rate high to freak people out, to get to, to get healthy people to buy off on being quarantined in their homes, have their businesses shut down, loss of their jobs, have their kids lose an entire year of education. You know, what, the, what the a great amount way. of people, Andrea, that I know that have bought into this just fear scam. And that's what it is. It is a fear so, scam is unbelievable. And they're all smart people. They've been duped. Well, the virus is real, the but, virus uh, but is real. every yes, bit of is. this, but every bit of this the reaction, this government, the reaction sending sick seniors intentionally turn. In fact, in Pennsylvania, Rachel Levine, um, I don't know what his name was before. He's the new assistant secretary at Department of Health and Human Services, got his mother out before they sent six seniors into nursing homes. This was intentional, right? Um, so that's a story that they're trying to cover up. But there's not enough conservatives today screaming loudly about what it means that we are in the United States of America and the former America's mayor. Look at what this man has done. This man. He's a patriot. He, a, a hero. And I'm not even talking about the fact that he turned New York City around, which was a hellhole toilet armpit of the United States of America that nobody wanted to go to at one point because, because before he took over, the crime was so bad. It was like, well, the crime was horrific. He turned that around. Then he 
is the one who carried this nation through its darkest times at ground zero as America's mayor and what he did. And while he did that, let me remind you that he attended every funeral of every fireman, every policeman who lost their lives at ground zero. And that's who they are. That's who they're seeking to take down. This is an outrage. It's an abomination. This is no longer the United States of America, in my opinion. I'm too upset. I got to take a break. We come back. We're going to bring in Brian Maloney. Get his perspective on last night's speech. Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea Kay, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. I have recovered. I got very upset at the open of I the show. I checked on you during the break. Because <laughs> of uh, them going after targeting my man, Rudy Giuliani. Um, and we know that it's, it's strictly this. You had a right to get upset. Yeah, this is, this is a hit job on a weaponized FBI and DOJ seeking to persecute an American hero, an American icon, simply because he was a Trump uh, official and also really because he was part of the the uh, attorney group uh, involved in the election dispute so it's it's incredibly upsetting joining me now um, is my buddy Brian Maloney from Red Wave America who's here to talk about last night's speeches the battle of the of the band so to speak um, before we get into that I did want to ask you Brian if you just wanted to make a comment on uh, the Rudy Giuliani raid well yeah I mean I what clearly is going on is that the federal government is being weaponized against political opponents of the Democratic Party, which makes us nothing more than a tin pot dictatorship. We are no longer America. When you're doing that, uh, then you are in, in a league with the most corrupt countries this world has ever known. And they not only did that with Rudy, who, by the way, would have, I'm sure, turned over anything they had requested but they always have to do this in a raid to make a big stunt that CNN can plaster all over its airwaves. They also did the same to Victoria Tensing, who yes. is a, another attorney who is extremely well-regarded, very professional, and happens to have served as attorney to, to many, many people, including media personalities and Fox News and I have interacted with, she has never served as my attorney, but I have interacted with her on a legal matter, uh, matter before. So I'm guessing my name's probably, but she also said that, uh, that, you know, if they had simply asked, she would have offered anything that they had requested. Why not just ask? Because they're the show of force. Because it's like this Gestapo tactic, tactics, isn't it? Well, that's exactly right. They can't just make a request. They have to do it. You know, and this is, you know, we saw the origin of this, I think, with Roger Stone, when the, the way they yeah. raided Roger Stone's home, which was so incredibly unnecessary. And I want to know why any local police would ever cooperate with this. I mean, this is where we have to draw the line and say, you know what? The feds should be on their own. If they want to act like thugs. Make sure they're on their own. Don't have local police uh, assisting in this madness because this is a, a profoundly un-American. Yeah, it is. And and uh, it's so it, it, so profoundly un-American. This is kind of crap that happens in NOCO, right? This is kind of crap that happens in, right. in, in Cuba. And where's the Republican Party? Oh, Liz Cheney fist bumping Biden last night. That's where they are. 
they are they are asleep at the, they are saying nothing uh they you know they are just pleading please don't hurt us um you know it's it's pathetic and you know they are talking about the, this administration's talking about weaponizing and, and potentially a new police force against political opponents and you know under the guise of attacking whatever extremism uh, you know, so basically you're becoming Haiti under Duvalier and the Tonton the coup. So you set up your own Tonton the coup, which is the secret police. Uh, and that's what they would love to have to attack any opponent. And so fundamentally the, your crime will be that you disagree with the administration and with Washington. And, and that's not, that's not America. No, 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 it's absolutely not. Um, Neither was what was reflected in this speech last night, was it? But is the good news that nobody watched it? Well, and that's the fundamental thing. And here, here's here's what it boils down to. And I've been thinking about this a lot today. And for have you already gone over what the ratings were with your listeners? No, you already mentioned it. Okay, so uh, for anyone just hearing about this now and the ratings came out today and the rate his ratings last night were about one quarter of what Trump's ratings were each of the four years. I think Trump's <laughs> highest ratings were in his first year uh, and they were a little lower in the final year, but they were still generally around 35 to 40 million viewers each year for this Speech and granted, that was the State of the Union. This was a joint address, but I think this is really one and the same. He, yeah, Biden didn't do a State of the Union, so it's the same. It's the same event. Uh, and Biden had 11 million viewers, so he had about one quarter of the viewership, one third, if you want to be really generous, uh, at best. So where are the viewers? And what I'm saying here is, <laughs> I think Democrats forgot to rig the television ratings. You know, I think you're going to see a billionaire liberal Silicon Valley person buy up the uh, Nielsen ratings company or whatever. That's what they're going to do next. They're going to buy that up so they can rig those because that's the one thing they haven't been able to to rig so far. So, you know, I, I think that's a problem. And the other thing is, you know, the YouTube, the ratings, they get the downvotes. I mean, the downvotes were, so, you know, three to one over upvotes. And also wow. very low viewership there too. So I mean, the viewers are not there. Well, and where, where, but okay. Yeah. So where were they, Brian Maloney? Where's the seventy, the the other seventy million voters for Joe Biden? Well, that's that's just <laughs> it. Well, and they they also had to cheat. CBS had to cheat. Uh, I don't know if you saw this survey that they did. That eighty five percent. Uh, approved of the speech, thought it was uplifting and heartwarming or whatever. <laughs> uh, sure. And it was a YouGov CBS survey of 1,000 people. So they had originally called 10,000 people across the country after the speech. They narrowed it down to 1,000. Now, of that 1,000, only a hundred, it was 150 were Republicans out of 1,000. <laughs> The overwhelming majority of those polled were Democrats. That's like well, of that. Course, right. I mean, of that's like David glowing ratings, of course. Yeah, it's like polling your family. Although in my family, I don't know that I could get 85 percent approval, but I could at least maybe get to 82 percent. I mean, this is so stupid. But you know what? I mean, I, there's nobody that could it, for those of us that did have to endure the pain of watching that or hearing part of it. It just reminded everybody that there's no way in God's green earth that man got 80 million votes. Well, and also the optics of it, having just a small smattering of people in there, it was weird and not inviting most of the GOP, which Nancy Pelosi did, which I think was a really 
cheap and tacky stunt. Um, at the same time, I don't understand why any Republican actually showed up and sat in there. But, um, you know, I mean, but the, the optics of that, they've all been vaccinated. What was the reason for having just a small number of people in there, set, you know, sitting so far apart? You know, when they were impeaching Trump the second time, they had a thousand bodies crammed into the chamber for that. Yep. Uh, you know, elbow to elbow. And there was no concern for any of this then. And but nobody I, was yeah, vaccinated then, you know, and see, right, C- right, right. right. CNN was lamenting today about about the optics because they're like, you know, if you're trying to get people over the hump to try to get them vaccinated, then, you know, everybody there was vaccinated. So the message you're sending to people is don't bother to get vaccinated. Right. Um, well, the real message. Exactly that, right. right. And the real message they were trying to send was they were trying to send was that you have to do what we tell you to do. Uh, we're in control because the mask is a mind control device. It's very symbolic. And that's why they continue to wear the mask, because the mask is what ultimately got complete control over over Americans. Well, they had already done the lockdowns first. Right. And then the masks was the way in which they sealed their their control over the American people. So even as lockdowns started to be easing, if they could still get people to wear the mask and socially distance, they still had control over the psyches of the American people, because that message last night from him, whatever area of policy he was talking about was all all about government control and the longer they can keep you accepting that you are under control by the government even in something small but I don't think it's small but people perceive it as small the mask the long it's about conditioning this has been nothing but a psychological operation on us and um, and the rep- very successful very, very it's been very have. successful yeah because what, what did the Republicans do every Republican including Ted Cruz who said once he's been vaccinated he wasn't going to wear a mask again sat there in a mask you know what there before we yeah. take a break and we come back we're going to talk about tim scott's uh, response but there was a, a group of parents who went to a school board meeting in vale arizona and said stop because there was going to be a vote on continuing a mask mandate on the kids and their group of parents were on their way the school board decides to not take the vote the parents showed up anyway and said it ends today on this mask mandate the republicans should have gone there and said um we are not coming in with our masks on. We've all been vaccinated. The six, the the masks are crap. The six foot distancing is crap. We are a country based on individual liberty and individual responsibility. And the U.S. Constitution does not support this mask mandate. And we're done with it. Exactly. And that's that's what needs to happen from here on out, from one town to the next, from one coast to the other. And that's where we have to fundamentally change. Well, we don't have any support for the Republican Party whatsoever. We've got nothing. Well, we're going to talk. Brian's going to stick around past the break. And we're going to talk about the Republican response last night from Tim Scott. Was it um, many people thought, you know, he knocked it out of the park. I actually thought last night after I watched it, I, I was so pleased with it. But was I suffering from low expectations? I've given it some further thought. And we're going to break it down. Brian and I are when we come back. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K. Telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Glad to have you guys here with me. Um 
Resuming our discussion of last night's speeches, uh, we're moving on from Biden, but not until Skins pointed out during, during the break to me uh, that, of course, Biden had to act as though, you know, the party that's anti-gender, anti-women, pushing their transgender stuff. He had to make a big deal about how this was the first time he got to look, uh, president got to look behind him and see two women, right? Didn't start off well, Joe, and that was only a couple of seconds in. No, it didn't. I, I will say that one good thing about the mask is that I didn't have to endure Nancy Pelosi and Kamala Harris's facial expressions, right? That's the good news there. But there is a funny meme going around showing them above and then below them um, dumb and dumber and similar c- colored outfits. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Got to get back to last night, though. Brian Maloney has is here with me. Brian, I want to get your take on Tim Scott before I share mine. Well, I, okay. <laughs> Where do I start? Well, look, I mean, the reviews are obviously very positive of his Republican response last night. And I think what makes that unusual is that usually the opposition party's response is kind of ignored, doesn't generate a lot of attention. But Tim was said to have done a really good job, and I think he did too. I think the reality check on this, though, is that if you go back over, and I retweeted a bunch of stuff today, uh, on this, uh, S scalpings is my Twitter handle if you want to check it out, but mm-hmm. I retweeted a bunch of Tim Scott's statements over the last couple of years, and he has consistently been more of a rhino. If you really look at the guy's record, it's not very impressive, and it's not somebody you're going to want to put a lot of energy into. Uh, he consistently is really a kind of a party establishment hack, mm-hmm. So, and yeah. he did not stand with Trump uh, at all. So, you know, that as well. So, I mean, you know, but go back through it. You, you know, the people who are raving about him today, I think, are not going to be very happy with what they find. Well, I, I you know, I, I think I fell for it, too. I watched it. And I think when you see um, when you have low expectations and then you see a, a Republican say some things that sound really great, you go, wow, that's really great. And then, and then, it, and I, and I did. Let me, here's how I broke it down. Here's some things that I thought were really good. I love the fact that he said America is not a racist nation. Um, and then, of, of course, because he said that, uh, he immediately came under attack from the left. I mean, Twitter allowed the hashtag uh, Uncle Tim and Uncle Tom, yes. both hashtags, to uh, be on for about 11 hours, violating their terms of service. That is flat out racist comments. So if the Democrats, really, yeah, yeah. So if Democrats, if you um, were trying to prove that America is a racist nation, you didn't prove America was racist, but you proved that you are as Democrats. So that was good there. Um, I like that he talked about children locked out of schools creates adults locked locked out of their futures. I thought that was a really good tagline. I got to give him credit for that. Um, Now I got to get into some critique. Um, I think it was good that he was forceful that America is not a racist nation. Clearly his story of his personal life is something that's good to be told because it's the reality is, is that, that, that what happened Many decades ago, 200 years ago, is not a justification or an, or an excuse or a reason why you got to be held back today, right? You can go from cotton to Congress. <clears throat> now for some critique. He opens with Biden is a good man. Actually, Biden is not a good man, is he, uh, Brian Maloney? Well, no, and I think that's ridiculous. I think for the Republicans to even go down that route at all is ridiculous because they should know. This is this shows how out of touch they are with their own base and why we need a complete removal of the entire GOP leadership at the top. 
the idea that you still have to suck up to the party yes. in power in Washington at a time when many Americans have really just detached themselves from Washington. They no longer see Washington as having any legitimacy or credibility. So there's no need for any of this genteel country club kind of environment like they have on Capitol Hill. And when you hear him say that, that's what that's what that's a reflection of. Yeah. You just, you know, yeah. We're, we're civil people here. Like, well, we don't care anymore. We're trying to survive out here in America. And you've turned into a bunch of lunatics in Washington with a fence around you and National Guard troops everywhere. You are crazy people. And we're trying to raise children and, and keep food on the table and have jobs, et cetera. And we don't want anything to do with you anymore. And that's where they have a fundamental inability to understand that. Right. I mean, let's think about Biden. For him to say Biden is a good man, I got to thinking about that today. Really? Actually, he's not. He's a racist. He was behind segregation. Uh, he um, was a, he's a pathological liar, even lied about how his wife died in a car accident. I mean, if you're going to lie about that, you'll lie about anything. He's obviously clearly a sexual harasser and groper of underage girls, by the way. He is a completely corrupt individual who literally used the office of the vice presidency to fly and at taxpayers expense to fly his crackhead son around the world and set him up in crooked deals with our enemies. And, and, and Hunter Biden is still to this day involved with a, a business that's tied to the Chinese Communist Party. Um, it, it, it's astounding to me. And oh, by the way, uh, the same son that we just talked about is, is supposedly on the laptop that's in Giuliani's home, uh, molesting underage girls. There's nothing good about Joe Biden. And to say no, that no. is absolutely spitting in the face of America's. And because this man, it's not running this country. Biden is 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 just some figurehead that they've propped up when the when the communist wing of the Democrat Party is in control. There's nothing good about that. So here's and then then moving on. And I'm glad you you point you see it as I do. The Republicans always feel as though they have to kowtow uh, to the other party. Democrats don't do that. Democrats are raiding the home of, of somebody from Trump. If if the Democrats and they still intend to do it, if they can if they could take down every Trump family member, including his grandkids, one day they will. That's what we're up against. And this just to me validated that the Republican Party does not understand what we're up against with the Democrats to the point to where it's great that he said America is not not a racist nation, but he validated their accusations of America being systemically racist with a story about how he got pulled over by a cop. Well, you know what, Brian Maloney? I got and, and how we got followed in a store. Well, you know what, Brian Maloney? I've been pulled over by a cop and harassed for no reason. I've been followed around a store. And as somebody who worked retail, you got to keep your eye on teenage girls. So the so that he just pushed out this and he bragged about his his police reform for Breonna Taylor, in which whatever you think happened wrongly with the police had nothing to do with her skin color. Well, and that's fundamentally it, because the problem with the Republican Party is is that they always assume that the left's premise is valid. So they take, you know, the left wants to do some extreme wacko thing and the Republicans want to just slightly tone it down. You know, it's like instead of going 100 percent wacko, we'll we'll negotiate with them and we'll make sure it's only 90 percent wacko. And that's that's the problem. That's why we have a party that we cannot work with. When we were sold a bill of goods when we were told, well, yeah, you can't start a new political party. You have to work with this one or you'll split the vote. Uh, And that was where we went. That that was where we made a huge mistake, because you can't work with this party. You unless you can remove the entire leadership at the top because they are hopeless. And I don't know how you get rid of any of those people. They're so entrenched. Yeah. And people have been so, people, you know, what do we do? We'll play, well, why do we stick with this party? Why do we, 
you know, why are we still with the GOP? I mean, it's hopeless. Well, that's I, the party right. is. well yeah, um, you know, he talked about school choice. That's great. But but he didn't mention the fact that that, you know, the transgender, this this transgender push to not just have boys compete against girls, which is a which is an abomination and, and destroying the dreams of young girls that have worked hard for their scholarships and their athletics, but also the transgender recruitment that's going on with little kids. They just want to bury their head in the sand to something that's an absolute scourge that's going on in this country. Um, I think he's being heralded a hero because he went farther than other Republicans have done in the anti-white systemic racism that's happening today. I like that he said it's backwards to fight discrimination with discrimination. Um, but then I, but then I'm like, well, wait a second. Um, it, it, the only systemic discrimination in America today is against white people, literally. And it's not only backwards, it's illegal. And there's nobody. And he should have pointed that out last night. And if he wanted to talk about and then he talked about in school being judged, you know, for his skin color. But he didn't say the B word. And the, and the reason why he didn't do that when he pointed to himself is because when he turned it around to mention white people, he was able to point to the camera. He never used the word white people. And that's a problem for me. We are not going to be able to ever have equality and ever have full civil rights in this country when we are just now suppressing and and being systemically racist against white people. And we've got to say those words against white people. In fact, what he then should have done, Brian Maloney, is he then should have said, let's talk about America. Let's talk about how every uh, slavery has existed around the world since the beginning of mankind. And it exists today around the world. And we are the only country that has had a civil war where hundreds of thousands of white people shed their blood to end slavery and it was ended by the Republican Party and it was the Democrats who were the party of KKK and of Jim Crow laws and of segregation and everything else, Brian Maloney, and he didn't. Well, yeah, and that was a huge opportunity missed to go through that history because that history is very damning for the Democrats and most young people will have never heard any of that before because you'll never be taught any of that in school. It's carefully filtered out. So, you know, there were opportunities galore missed there. And I think that Tim Scott is at best maybe a moderate uh, Republican at best. And, you know, I don't know if he's conservative in any way, but, uh, you know, I I understand why they chose him. Uh, At the same time, like I said, the focus, we've got to look at right now, because here's what the Republicans are doing. Well, we just sit back and watch the Democrats implode. You know, we're going to win 100 seats in the House next year. Well, that might happen. That might, because the Democrats really are blowing it badly. But on the other hand, if you think, you know, if you think you can pull this off without leadership, without a vision, without much of a without a fight, an agenda, an agenda, what do the Republicans want to run on anymore? What are the issues? What articulate? What are the reasons why anyone should vote for you? And they don't do any of that anymore. All they are is just where they're the loyal opposition kind of cowering in fear, hoping they're not the next to be raided by the DOJ, FBI, whatever. I mean, that, that's how pathetic this is at this point. Yeah, he bragged about how we, uh, Congress did all these four bills or what, regarding coronavirus, and they just couldn't get to number five. Well, the four they signed were crap. They exploded the There's debt, and, and and they exploded the debt, and and most of that money went to other foreign countries and didn't even get it didn't even get down to the American people. There's nothing to brag about. So well, well, um, not when it's ten percent going to actual corona and and relief for businesses and, and individuals and the rest of you know going to Ukraine and more, yeah. you know military aid overseas and whatever else was stuffed in that bill and you know hundreds of millions for the Kennedy Center and everything else yeah well 
Thank you for being here, Brian Maloney. Always good to have you, you and uh, from Red Wave America and Stop the Scalpings. And um, have a great night, my friend. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a skinny, tiny little break. When we come back, we got more to talk about here. We've got a potential uh, um, hero of the week already in the running. And then we've got a, a caller waiting on the line. He wants to talk about law enforcement. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we come back. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Going to the phones right now because Frank, I think this is my buddy Frank from San Diego sure. on the line. He wants it is. <laughs> well, hey hon, what's on your mind? Oh, I got it. So I got the excellent solution. So our police officers need to become independent contractors. They get their own insurance for these incidences. The city does not have to pay their $27 million to these people. And each individual case has its own lawyer. And if you spend, I've looked into it. It's $10 a month to $20 a month. And you have access to a lawyer that will defend you in a arms, uh, uh, you know, arms or a defensive arms case. So make them like a civilian police force to where they're like independent contractors or they're 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 or they're self-employed. They've got their own insurance in case something bad happens. And then they've got like some legal aid that they pay like for legal insurance, almost like a, a insurance. Yeah, it, policy. Okay. Just like when you have an apartment. You know, you get your uh, renter's insurance. So if the apartment gets a flood, you know, you 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 go to your insurance. They pay for your damages. Same mm-hmm. thing with the officers. Now, what you would know, this they, solve? Answer, what would this solve? Well, this would solve the payouts of twenty-seven million dollars to these people because they would have to sue the individual officer, and he would have a legal team behind him. So, like the person that shot that one girl. Uh, because she was going to stab the other girl, the city wouldn't have to pay out any money towards that. He would just go to his lawyer and go, I defended this person's life, and then they would take it from there. Well, I, I think I think it's an interesting idea, Frank, because what they're doing is they're using all of this as a way to not just not just put the squeeze on a on a local city for a, you know a che- to get into the checkbook, but also this it's it, it would stop all this systemic racism stuff because this wouldn't be a part of the system. This would be a private force, right? So I think it's an interesting idea. What do you think, Skins? I like it. Uh, you know, again, the I mean, our, our law enforcement is just really just under so much pressure day in, day out anymore. And that I think that would alleviate a lot of it. Well, you've got to, you know, it's it's kind you gotta of start somewhere. It's like one of the things we need is like tort reform, you know, in terms of of medical insurance and or, you know, as a way to we've become a very litig- obviously a litigious society where people well, we, are looking better than what you and I were talking about, Andrea, where they want to have uh, what is it? Uh, barbers and, and salon owners there. On call for for the emergency. Oh yeah, that's their plan in New Orleans, Frank. So they're gonna have bar they're gonna have barbers and beauty. <laughs> I can't even say it without laughing. Barbers and beauticians. They're, they're gonna be conflict mediators. Anyway, five, one more minute, Frank, before we gotta go. Okay, I got one more second. So I was listening to Missy Ellen today because I love her songs. Uh-huh. Oh, she, me too. She goes, it was so it was awesome. She goes, my love's hotter than the Las Vegas weather. <laughs> <laughs> that's it have you seen i'll tell you this have you need to google funky white sister 
which is this old lady from a trailer park who does does a great Missy Elliott rap and it's phenomenal. You'll thank me for it. My friend DJ Carrot Sticks turned me on to it. Funky White Sister Frank. You're gonna call me back. You're and then you call me back tomorrow night and tell me that you listen to Funky White Sister. Okay. Funky White Sister. Funky White Sister. All right. Thanks for calling, Frank. Hey, does anyone want carrot sticks? Get it out of here. (laughs) Okay. um, A friend of mine sent me this today. And this kind of goes in line with Giuliani, right? How they're targeting. I'm telling you, they're targeting anybody related to MAGA. So a friend of mine keeps getting these emails from the Democrats. I'm not going to say who it is. They think he's a Democrat, but he's not. So he's happy to like let him think it because he, you know, and then he forwards it to me. So we get like an inside look into what's happening with the Dems. So he gets this email today. Breaking news. Many capital writers unlikely to serve jail time. This is a catastrophe, bold print. The writers at the Capitol are a threat to our very democracy. They should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. We need 50,000 signatures for anyone to be held accountable. Sign immediately for your name to be counted. Um the riots were a threat to democracy and those people are still out there. So they, the, you know, we can laugh, but think about that. They, this, well, that's scary. It is scary because one of the things, and this is a throwback to Germany, right? In, in, um, uh, Hitler's Germany, where they turn citizens against each other. And that's what they're trying to do. After January 6th, they, they, um, and they're, and are going out through social media profiles, trying to identify anybody that was anywhere in the area. Um, they, uh, the Democrats actually called for citizen armies to help find people. One guy was turned in because he had discussed it on a Bumble. Is, is Bumble a dating app? Bumble's a dating app. Yeah. He had talked about it to some chick he was trying to pick up on Bumble. So, and she turned him in. So we have citizens turning on each other in this country meanwhile you know hunter biden you know he's he's getting roman free yeah roman free uh hillary clinton roaming free you know i have no doubt if giuliani threw the laptop at the fbi they would deflect it and not touch it oh absolutely yeah it's like kryptonite right they would they would they would yeah it would bounce it off um one of the things before in the minute we have left update on on vaccine news uh, I, we were discussing it before the show. We've got to explain when you get tested for remember how they were pushing testing, testing, testing. And one of the things we talked about was and they were using the case count as a way to keep us locked down, even though the case count didn't matter because people weren't sick with it. Right. What they were doing, we found was something called the PCR test is they would cycle. So you would go to take the PCR test and they would take take your your blood sample, magnify or, it and they would magnify it. They call it cycling. But think of it more magnifying like 45 times. So they would churn it, cycle it, magnify it at, at least 45 times. And they were having to do that because there would, in order to find a positive case, they were looking and looking and looking and looking until they could find like the tiniest little shred, literally like a, a, a needle in a haystack. And then they go, aha, here's a positive case count. What they're doing for post-vaccination PCR tests, they're only cycling it 28 times. Now, what does that tell you? All you need to know. All you need to know. Pre-COVID testing, they're going to look and look and look. But after you've had the vaccine, they ain't going to look much. Anymore. They're cooking the books on you to keep the hoax going. The virus is real. The mandates aren't. See you tomorrow night. Love you all.